0: A very good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us in our online worship service. It's once again a fruitful time that we can come together and study God's Word. Let me begin by telling you a story that I heard from a Christian apologist, the late Ravi Shakarias. And it was a story that was taken from a mid-Eastern folklore, and the story went something like this. A man's horse ran away. His neighbor came to him and said, Bad luck that your horse has run away. The man said to him, What do I know of these things? But a week later, the horse came back with 12, 20 wild horses. The neighbor said, they came back and said, Good luck. You now have more horses. The man said, What do I know about it? Trying to tame one of the new horses, the man's son was kicked and his leg was broken. The neighbor returned and said, Bad luck, your son's leg being broken. The man said, What do I know about good luck and bad luck? A few days later, a bunch of thugs came in search for able-bodied young men for their gang. They were about to kidnap the man's son, but when they found out that his leg was broken, they left him behind and moved on to the next house. The neighbor came back and said, what good luck that your son's leg is broken. Now as a Christian, we don't believe in luck or fate or chances, but instead what we believe is that God is sovereign and he knows everything that's happening in our lives. And the reason why I'm telling this story is what struck me the most is the way the neighbor responded towards the situation. And many times we are like that neighbor. We judge the events of our life based on the momentary thing that we are facing at that moment or the things that we are facing at that time. And those times we fail to see that the Lord, what the Lord is doing behind the scene. At times that we are going to challenges, we have a tendency to forget that at the end, everything turns out all right because God holds our future. All of us will go through brokenness, and at times we might not understand them. We will face challenges that will humble us and will test our faith. Today, as we look in the book of James, I pray that we will have a different perspective When We Go Through Trials, and I've entitled this sermon, Seeing Through the Trials, and we're reading from James chapter 1, verse 2 to 8, and invite all of us to read along with me. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded mind, unstable in all of his ways. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon, once again, that we are gathered in our different homes, studying your word. You know, Lord, every struggles that we are facing. You know, our concern, our anxiety, the hardship that we are facing in this time of pandemic. But Lord, may we have a different perspective as we go through these trials. And may your Lord speak, may your word speak to us today, encouraging us, convicting us, reminding us to count it with joy when we face various kinds of trials. Because you have a plan. You have a purpose. So we surrender our hearts to you. Holy Spirit, it is you, Lord, that will help us understand your word. So we submit this time to you. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many Bible scholars believe that this particular letter was written by James. And this James is not the disciple of Jesus, but rather the brother of Jesus. And he was writing this letter in the early stage of the Christian faith movement. And he was addressing, the church that he is addressing are mostly Jewish Christians. And during Jesus' ministry, interestingly, James, his brother, was very skeptical towards Jesus. But when Jesus died and when he saw that he rose again, he became one of Christ's followers. Soon, James become one of the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And he has certain authority. That's why he, th- this letter that he wrote is accepted by the church. At the same time, you'll know, you notice the way he expressed himself towards the letter. He said, to my brothers. Now, when he said to my brothers, he's not just talking to them because they are all Jewish Christian. But he also recognizing they are a part as one body, belong to Christ, and also there's certain intimacy, because he knows the situation that they are going through. He knows their struggles. That's why when that's why he said, "When you meet trials of bear's kind." If you read James, you see that James is a very practical book, because he knows what's happening in the churches. In the time, now the trials that they were facing can be categorized into two. Let me show you this. The first one is peraspos, and we can read it in verse two and in verse twelve. It means an outward trials, an outward world or external pressure that's, that they, they are facing. The other aspect of trials is found in these following verses, in verse thirteen and fourteen which is par-piarazo. It's an inner enticement to sin. There is an inner struggle that's happening in the heart. Now, to will give you an example that we can read in the book of James is here. The first one is they face persecution. They have economic poverty. They also face certain favoritism from the, the rich. They face abuse and injustice because they no longer part of the Jew- jewish tradition and they associate themselves to jesus they've been they've been abused and they they face injustice and even they have blasphemy of, of who christ is and there's some economic exploitation that's why you read that's what you can read in the book of james they also face inner struggles trials in their heart you see, they said in the, they face that the, they want to respond in their own desires their challenges in taming their tongue, and even wordliness that's mentioned in chapter 4. Similar to the early church, we also face trials in various kinds, especially during this pandemic. Both external and internal struggles happens. And in order for us to see through the trials, the first thing I believe that we need to do is first is to acknowledge that trials is part of our lives. Acknowledge our trials. We need to acknowledge and admit that as we go through life, it exists. That we should not think that being a Christian is like living in a wonderland, that we are living in a bed of roses. We must not deny hardship. We must not even avoid the idea of pain and suffering. Because trials is part of our journey. You know what Jesus said in John 16 verse 33? He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus did not promise that everything will be smooth. Jesus did not promise that we will have an easy life. Jesus did not promise that there will be no difficulty or struggle as we follow Him. But what He is promising us, when we go through that trials and tribulation he will be with us in the old testament david recognized this in his life he said in psalms 23 verse 4a he said even though i walk through the valley of shadow of death what david is saying is this he will pass through the valley of shadow of death he will not escape he will not go to a different route but he will pass through he will go through that hardship. He will go through that valley. You know, brothers and sisters, it is important for us to embrace and acknowledge this truth because it will help us to be prepared. It will also will protect us from having false hope. It will also help us to have a clarity of God's purpose in the midst of hardship. You know, sometime when I browse through YouTube and listen to Facebook videos or online sermons, of there are some certain teaching that negates the idea of suffering. They would say, this statement, they would say, Christian should not suffer because God wants you to be happy and have a good life. Now, good life is very subjective. To me, good life may be different to you. But to, to read this as if that what he wants is for us to be happy-happy lang. Or some, and then one particular book he, 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 they wrote, God will take you places you'll never dream of, and you will be living your best life now. You know, our best life now is not here. Our best life now is being with Him. A person who embraced the thought, they might have false hope. A person who's sick, cannot travel. How can you say this statement? Or maybe we'll read this kind of statement: it said, Don't think so much negativity, just think positive, and you will be alright. think positive lang bro. You know, I'm not saying that we should not think positive. I'm not saying that we should always think negatively because both extremes is, is not biblical. What I'm really emphasizing is this we need to develop a biblical understanding of trials and suffering, or else our faith will be easily be shaken when hardship comes. Christian needs to be aware of this reality and this will prepare them to face life trials you know acknowledging trials was repeated many times by various writers in the scripture we read in romans this is written by paul he said not only that but you we rejoice in our suffering in first peter verse 1 6 7 this written by peter he said in this in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials and now our text is James count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds three of them recognize and acknowledge trials in their life but one common thing in their writing is this if you read The following statement. Paul said, Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Peter said, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, James said, Know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete. Lacking and nothing. All of them acknowledge that there will be hardship, trials, but they also recognize and embrace and appreciate God's purpose in those trials that they were facing. Second point that we can learn here is to appreciate and embrace God's purpose in those trials. They were able to rejoice because they have a clarity of God's purpose in those moments in their life. They see beyond the ordeal or hardship. And to be honest, it is a hard pill to swallow, to rejoice, or to be joyful in trials. For I believe most of us don't want adversities in our life. Let me ask you, Oh, dito, kasi tao. But let me ask you honestly, we don't want trials because it's painful. What we want is peace and smooth sailing life. None of us want to experience losing a loved one, none of us, don't, none of us want to lose our job, none of us want to experience disease and sickness. And all of us agree that we don't want miseries in distress in our life. But we need and we must accept and acknowledge that all these things may come. Yet we can find encouragement because, what, that God, because God has a purpose in those moments. And we can see that God has a purpose on those trials. We read that in verse 3. He said, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Now, if you would just put that in a chart, trials purify our faith, so that we will have that steadfastness, that endurance to continue on. And when we endure, the end result is that we will have maturity and completeness you know the purpose of this test is not to determine if you have faith or not because all of us have certain level of faith but the purpose of this test is to reveal the condition of our faith so that we can grow in trusting him peter uses a metaphor of gold being tested by fire and we can read that in first peter 1 verse 6 to 7 So that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold the scripture uses this metaphor many times in proverbs 17 verse 3 the crucible is for silver the furnace is for gold and the lord tests the heart malachi chapter 3 verse 3 it says he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offering in righteousness in the Lord. Our faith is like a gold that's being purified. It has to be put in a strong heat so that, that that solid state will become liquefied. And then that impurities will come out god uses trials hardship to re, to remove all this kind of purity impurities in our life what are those impurities some of them are doubt some of them are fear some of them are hopelessness self-dependency and even pride when we are going through that fire as god purify us what god wants to develop in us is a faith that will anchor to him that will depend on His strength and not on our strength. A faith will trust Him and not doubt Him. A faith that will have confidence in His character and at the same time in His promises. A faith that's humble, not dependent on self or or pride. A faith that is experiential, not just simply intellectual. A faith that's rooted in knowing God. The more We experience God and have this experience and knowledge of God in our life. We grow in faith and in turn produce steadfastness or endurance. You know what's endurance? It's perseverance. Ability to strive. That loyalty to stay on the course. You know, a person that runs a long distance and will not give up a person that carries a heavy package and continue on kahit mabigat man is a person that would say Lord, mahirap man ang dinadaanan ko pero kahay ko to dahil kasama kita and when this endurance develop believers will be perfect and complete perfect means maturity stable in character Complete means no defect or faultless. Stable in an action and the way he thinks, in the way he, he responds. You know, as I ponder on this, I remember two characters in the Old Testament. Joseph have gone through the fire. Joseph was sold as a slave. He became a prisoner. And then he became the second man of, in Egypt. He has to go through that process so that when he becomes that second man of Egypt, he will not boast, but instead he will see God's hand moving in his life. If he did not go through that fire, will he be able to say, you meant to hurt me, but God meant it for good? No. We go through fire so that we get to know him. Joseph is one of them. Another character is David. David was anointed as king the next in line to Saul. But yet, after his anointing, he did not become king right away. What happened to him? He was treated as a prisoner. He was treated, not just a prisoner, but a traitor, an enemy of the state. He was, he, they wanted to kill him. He was tested by fire. Why? They want, God want to develop maturity in them so that they'll be complete in the Lord. So that when he sits in the throne of Israel as king, the words that we will say, Who am I that you are mindful of me? We will go through trials. But may we see beyond it. May we see God's hand and purpose so that we can be refined, pure, complete, and mature. For us to see to trial, we need to acknowledge the trials in our life. Second, appreciate and embrace God's purpose in our trials so that it will develop faith in us. Lastly, we need to ask for divine wisdom so that we will know how to respond in godly ways. Earlier on, I mentioned ask for divine wisdom. Early on, I mentioned that The early church experienced persecution, poverty, abuse, injustice, and they even blasphemed Jesus Christ. And this is how James reminded them. Read it in verse 5. He said, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously for all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. This also reminded that all of us as we face trials, some of us are immobile, unable to do anything. Some of us when we face trials, we react unwisely, even if we have experience or even education or even if you've been a long time Christians, there'll be times in our life that we are be placed in a corner and realize our lack, that we don't know what to do, that we need a divine knowledge. We need discernment. We need God to guide us, to lead us, so that we can comprehend all things that's happening and at the same time help us respond in appropriate godly manner and how is the attitude when we come to the lord when we ask for wisdom the scripture says we should it should be done in faith faith that's anchored in knowing that god will give generously you know god is our father he will not withhold anything that's good and if that wisdom is good he will grant you wisdom do not think by yourself god will guide you God will guide us. The beautiful thing, God will give generously. The second thing he says there, without reproach. God will give us without reproach. Yes, we make blunder. But we come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Give us wisdom. He will not come and say to us, "Yan." you know, paminsan, pag may kausap tayong, probably leader or a friend, we are asking for advice ambanat nila ganito ayan kasi hindi ka nakinig ayan god is not that way he will grant you that wisdom in us he will not say ayan kasi ikaw he will give us wisdom and he said we how should we ask also we should ask with great anticipation to receive not someone like this wave of sea you know the wave of sea up and down Sometimes you say, You know, the Lord will give us that wisdom on how to respond. To apply this, how should we respond when you lose our job? When, how will we respond when there's no work and no pay? How will we respond when our employer is giving us a hard time? How should we respond when we are persecuted? Because of our faith. You know, I, I give you a testimony. I remember during nineteen ninety-seven-98 the economic downturn. My dad worked in a semiconductor company. And they we he he the the industry was badly hit. Now I was in high school, my brother too was in high school. And my dad was forced to take a forced leave. No work, no pay, just a few months. I'm schooling, and my mom was just doing part-time and working in a restaurant and in a salon in La Plaza. We don't have government subsidy because we are not PR by the, the time. And, God, and, and we are trying to make things meet. But you know, God gives wisdom on how we can go through those moments that we don't know what to do. You know what? But the Lord gave wisdom. God opened the door for us to sell suman. Suman. Dati wala pa, hindi pa sikat ang suman sa Laki Plaza. I, w- I will buy the... Ang tawag nun? Ang tawag dun? Tapioca? Yeah! Thank you, Brother Arnold. Kamila nandito. Walang nag-rerespond dito eh. Mukhang tulog yata dito. I will buy the tapioca. I will buy the the banana leaf night put it there steam it na ng konti, deliver wisdom sometimes we just look at monetary thing but you know God will give us how to go through the trial and the hardship in life father and sister God will give us wisdom and he's a, good, he's a good father we just have to come to him and say Lord help me to go through these trials as a summary seeing two trials we need to acknowledge that if trials exist in our life at the same time appreciate and embrace god's purpose in our trials and thirdly, ask for divine wisdom so that we can respond rightfully in his way in his guidance I would like to conclude and, the, and share the journey of a nation that faced so much trials. But God uses trials in those moments to purify their faith in understanding who God is. The Israelites were a, a nation that's going through a lot of trials. We read in Exodus, they were slaves. And God said, brought Moses to them to rescue them. And the first try, when Moses approached Pharaoh, Pharaoh removed the straw. And the Israelite responded with anger and they said, go away. In the following verse you see, that God sent plagues And God split the Red Sea. In that trial that they were facing, God is showing to them that He's powerful, that He's a powerful God. Now, once they entered the wilderness, they started to complain. They said, There's no food, there's no water, there's no meat. In spite of their complaining, God provided manna, the birds, and water from the rock. In the trial that they were facing, even though they struggled in because of their complaining, what was God showing to them who He is? God is telling them that He is the provider. And the later part, they began to create an idol, creating a golden calf. In that moment of sin, God showed them that God is holy, that He has principled. And then why did God ask them to build the tabernacles? They can just stay in the Mount Sinai and communicate with God. You know the reason, of, the reason why God gave the tabernacles and all the ritual? is because God wants to rebuild Himself and dwell among His people. presence of God. And before they entered the promised land, they sent spies. And after sending these spies, the the spies returned back. Only two of them, Caleb and Joseph, said, let's conquer the land. And the rest of the spies said, no. We see giants. We are just grasshoppers. And what did the Lord do? sent them 40 years of wilderness and God freed them. You know, each trial that they went through was an opportunity for them to grow in faith. Sometime, God lead us to the wilderness. The hardship too. trials, to teach us trust and dependency in Him, so that we may be complete in Him. I don't know what you're going through, but may I encourage you today, God knows what's happening to your life, God's a purpose, why you're facing the trials is purifying your faith so at the end you'll be mature and complete and I believe that completeness will happen when we are totally complete in Him let us pray Lord we thank you for this time that we can study your word Pray that help us to see the way you see may we see beyond the trials that we are facing protect our ears and heart that we will not be taught with certain things that negate such that suffering is not part of our life but rather may we recognize it at the same time open our eyes to see your purpose in those times because you desire for us to be mature and may we humbly come to you asking for your wisdom each day because we need you and we are dependent on you Hallelujah Hallelujah right right now let's just worship him let our eyes focus on him so I leave my eyes to you Lord in your strength To you, Lord, in your strength I will break through, Lord. Touch me now, let your love. May we see through all our trials, seeing your hands in those events. May we respond in humility and trust. And as you purify us more and more, as we grow deeper in the knowledge of you, help us endure. The things that we will face tomorrow. May we always be complete and may our completeness be found in you alone, my Savior, my Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just receive the benediction. For I'm assured that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers. No things present, nor the things to come. No powers, no height, nor depth. Nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, as we face this brand new week, we may face trials and hardship, but we know we will be able to see beyond it because you are there with us. You are purifying us. Teach us, Lord, to depend on you. Help us, Lord, and may your word, Lord, speak to us each day. Empower us with your spirit. Salamat po, Panginoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us in our online worship service. And I want, and we would like to invite to you, all of us, to join us in our online prayer gathering every wednesday at 9 a.m and once again thank you see you again next week remember love god and always love his people god bless everyone